Hey podcast, in this throwback episode that was recorded live on Oklahoma City's own KTOK Talk Radio back on February 4th, 2017, Travis Watkins and CPA Kyle Johnson discuss passports, celebrity tax news, and identity theft. Now, here's Travis and Kyle. Hey podcast listeners, before we get started, if the IRS is freaking you out right now and you want to do something about it, you can call me at 833-243-5455. And set up a free 30-minute consultation or log on to WatkinsPodcast.com. I've got a short letter on that No Frills page. It'll take you about 90 seconds to read. And if you like what I'm saying, you might want to consider becoming a client. And if not, hey, no big deal. Keep listening and subscribe to this podcast so you can keep hearing the free content on how you can fix your tax problem today. So if you owe the IRS, you may have noticed that they have been pretty active lately filing a bunch of liens, and this is the IRS's way of letting the world know that you have a tax problem. These liens are also pretty nasty if you're trying to sell your home or refi to a lower interest rate. It's a pretty extreme measure at the IRS, and it means they want all the money that you owe them, and they want it right now. But there are a few things you can do to get these things lifted short of paying everything that you owe right now. For example, if you owe less than $25,000, a tax professional may be able to get these lifted in about 90 days. If you owe more than $25,000, there are things like the IRS's Offer and Compromise Settlement Program that gets them off once they accept that. Now, we've helped thousands of taxpayers in an IRS mess, so we can probably help you out here too. We can help you out in all 50 states. So if you have a tax problem, I again encourage you to call me at 833-243-5455 or log on to watkinspodcast.com and set up a time there to talk to one of our tax experts about getting some help today. Now, back to your podcast. IRS problems are scary, but they don't have to be. Travis Watkins has been helping troubled taxpayers with customized plans to negotiate with the IRS and stop immediate threats to their livelihood so they can get a good night's sleep again since 1999. Now, here's Travis. This is your IRS weapon. Good morning. We are broadcasting to you live over Oklahoma City. From 50 Pin Place. Give us a call today at 840-1000. We are talking about passport issues in the IRS. The IRS is rolling out some more direction, I guess, on what they're going to be doing uh, in the way of passport issues. You may recall on this show, it's been about a year ago, the IRS was making waves that if you owed them significant money, that they would be taking away your passport. They are going to ground you. (laughs) And everybody kind of scratched their head and said, okay, what's this thing really look like? What are are they going to do to us? And um, there wasn't a whole lot of direction there. They had done this, the State Department had before, for deadbeat dads. And what that looked like was they would come in if you had to redo your passport if your passport had expired and you had a judgment against you for this kind of um, back child support, then they wouldn't renew you. And so everybody looked at this thing, tax lawyers, accountants all looked at this thing and said, well, that's probably what's going to happen. Yeah. And uh, things have 
been clarified a little bit more here recently. They're saying that if you owe significant money, and everybody says, what does significant money mean? Um, they have clarified that deal. Significant money is $50,000 or more. And if you, that means if, if it's 49500 you're probably okay. If it's more than 50000 though, they can turn your name in to a list with the, um, with the State Department and keep you from flying internationally. And that's a big, big issue for people that, that uh, for Americans that work overseas or travel. Um, they've given you a little bit more here. They say that once you get put on that list, you have 90 days to work something out. Now, they're not going to go ahead and renew you during those 90 days. You have got to get clicking on this thing. And what it means is that you've got to either work out an installment agreement with them or full pay this thing or work out an offer and compromise. In other words, a settlement with the IRS to make that happen. You can also request certain types of, of hearings that will put you into a, a good place there and, and they'll renew it. But I think the safest practice here is get it worked out now. They're going to start rolling this thing out. It's going to be for real. And that means to get this taken care of right now. Um, get get into an offer and compromise so that you don't get put on this list or full pay it if, if you can do that, of course. Um, because I think the, the, the clear message is that they're not going to give you any any real grace on this. Yeah, that fifty thousand number. That's a number that I've heard several times from people in your office. And could you talk a little bit about the fifty thousand and where it stands with getting in a streamlined installment agreement? Yeah, fifty thousand dollars was a was a mark that they've kind of drawn in the sand here as to well, what what is a significant debt with the IRS for one thing. The streamlined procedures at $50,000 means that you don't have to come up with a bunch of paperwork. In other words, you don't have to show the IRS all your cards. You don't have to tell them what's the equity in your home, for instance. What, you know, what do you have over in, in your bank accounts? What's in your 401k? All of those things. In other words, they'll just go, go through most programs with you know, just a little bit of documentation okay. to put you into an installment agreement. They and also have a streamlined offer, okay. a settlement process there too. And that's a good deal because those are pretty intrusive exercises with the IRS where they they don't, you know, delve into every single thing in your life just to give you a, a deal on this thing. So I guess the idea is to pay it to get it under 50000 so you can do it streamlined Yes. If that's possible, obviously. Exactly. And so anything over $50,000, they are going to dig into your records. They're going to dig into your equity. They're going to dig into your retirement. You bet. See how much equity, see how much on paper you're worth. Yep. And make you dig into all that to pay this debt before they're going to let you have a streamlined installment agreement. That's exactly right. Okay. That's exactly right. 
I'm Travis Watkins. I am your IRS weapon. I run a law office in Oklahoma City. I have an office in Tulsa as well. My telephone number is there. The Oklahoma City one is 405-607-1192. In Tulsa, we're at 918-877-2794. I'm joined by Kyle Johnson, who is a CPA. How you doing, Kyle? Doing pretty good. Good. Give us uh, give everybody the numbers to reach you and, and your office and your endeavors. Well, uh, my office is in Midwest City, and my number is 405-834-2263, and you can also catch me on my website at kjjcpa.com. Very good. Looks like we've got a caller here. Let's go ahead with that one and see what, what's going on today. Okay. Hi, Billy. Hi. How you doing? Uh, I'm all right. Good, good. You got a question for us? Yeah, I do. Um, uh, I leave next month to go back to Saudi for some oil and gas work, and I owe about 55000 right now, and probably going to owe more in 2016. Uh, so I'm just wondering if I, if I can just pay that down under fifty. Uh, you think I'll be okay? I just don't want to get stranded over there, you know. Yeah, yeah, you're not alone. This is this is a big deal for Oklahomans. Um, the oil and gas industry has uh, plenty of folks like yourself that are um, have to travel internationally for work. And yeah, like we said in the first segment, there the 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 cutoff here. The, the danger zone, if you will, is that $50,000. And since you're over that, um, I think the first thing that you want to get get looking at here since you're under kind of a, a, close, a close time period is to get that under the $50,000 just as quick as you possibly can. That means get okay. it under, you know, get it significantly under if you can i mean 49 48 so there's no because that penalty and interest just keeps keeps accruing you know and and you don't want to want to have that creeping up on you let's say you get out of the states and then uh, the the penalties and interest creep you up over the the 50 and you get turned over to the state department and no more passport there right so definitely so i would say you'd want to get that closer to 40 if it's at all possible yeah because the penalties and interest do add up very quickly, especially with an amount like that, because, you know, it's it's interest, so it compounds. Yeah, and I'm reading here, too, Billy, that if the if you get into this deal, um, once once you have been turned over to the to the State Department, if that if that does indeed happen, then you cannot. They're specifically saying in this bulletin that you cannot pay it down at that point under 50 and get it um, get off that list and get get renewed. So once you're turned into the State Department, basically at that point you have to either pay or get into an agreement. When does your passport run out? If you know, uh, I'd have to check. I'm not. I'm not really sure, actually. Okay. That's, That's probably a good thing to know. Look at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the clear message here is is uh, give my office a call this week four zero five six zero seven one one nine two, and let's let's take a close look at this thing because there is this little bit of grace period here, and they're saying if you're in an offer, if you are in an installment agreement, if you if you have things stabilized there, then then you're going to be 
okay and that's going to give you some peace of mind but you don't have a whole lot of time to to lose here if you're leaving you know next month right right so when are we expecting this to start uh well i mean it's already been it, it it's already going it's okay. just that we don't we don't hear about them turning any of these over directly to the State Department. Now they've definitively said we're going to proactively turn these lists over to the State Department and start, you know, doing something. Now, does that okay. mean that it's up to just revocation only um, or, or rather they won't renew it if you if you have a, a expiration date coming up on your passport? That's still a little a little unknown there. Okay. And it looks like this may affect travel within the United States as well. Yeah, yeah, it it, it definitely could. Um, let's – yeah, I definitely want to say something about that because the the Oklahoma especially has got this Real ID Act issue that's, that's kind of all wrapped up in this thing. In other words, you have to – you may have to at some point use a passport – for domestic travel as well. Oklahoma and a handful of other states have not, they're in a grace period right now, but they have not signed on completely to the Real ID Act. And the Real ID Act says, hey, you know, if, if the state complies with the, the federal scheme on this thing, then everybody can use their driver's license or some other type of okay. ID because they're in this database. Well, if the state doesn't sign on to that and Oklahoma has not fully signed on to it then there's this gray area again and we may have to use passports on those things to travel from state to state hey Billy what do you have any idea what you're going to be owing for 2016 that's another concern here you know we're we're right on the edge here we just started the filing season for 2016's returns any ideas there well it'd probably be close to what I owe for fifteen, I owed about ten thousand. So yeah, so that gets you to sixty five, right? So that definitely gets you to the point where you're going to have to do the four thirty three mm-hmm. for and uh, for a streamline or an offering compromise for either one. So this is definitely something you need to take action on this week. Yeah, we can yeah. go ahead and get the the sixteens filed here too. If you if you've received your W uh, twos or ten ninety nines. Uh, because we're going to want to wrap something in for the 16 into the whole deal so that there, there would be nothing worse than getting, especially in, in today's environment where, you know, things with immigration and travel are, are up in the air, to get stuck over uh, in Saudi and, and not be able to uh, have a valid passport to get back in. Yeah, I would take care of it immediately. Yeah. Well, thank you for your question. Give us a call this week, 405-607-1192. Thanks, Billy. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I will. Thank you. Yes, sir. All right, those are good questions. Uh, let's go back to the, uh, the, the point that you brought up there, Kyle, the Real ID Act. I, there was a lot of this stuff going on last summer, I believe, when uh, the state of Oklahoma had, had really refused – and and they're not alone, but they had refused ten years or so ago when this this was passed on the federal level to sign on to this thing because it was way too intrusive. They thought as to this database of everybody that they're going to keep, you know, for terrorist purposes or whatever. But you you have to 
give over so much information that the state of Oklahoma and others uh, really didn't want to be a part of that. So they, they opted out of it. And it never really became uh, much of anything until, of course, the deadlines start rolling close. And, and then there's this mad scramble. It started, um, the, the, the most recent news started because they weren't, folks that were working at Air Force bases were facing a, a real problem there if they couldn't just show their ID yeah, uh, their their driver's license to get on. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that hubbub resulted in a request by Oklahoma to be extended on Real ID Act until June. It looks like of 2017. So until June of this year, you're going to be okay with your with your driver's license uh, getting on military bases. Flying domestically, pretty much wherever you want. Let me look this up, though. There's there's a few other states that have the same issue. Currently, Washington, Montana, Minnesota, Missouri, Kentucky, Pennsylvania, and Maine. All right now, these are folks. Th- these are states that require you to fly in and out with your passport right now. So, <laughs> if you're facing this IRS crunch on them taking your passport or not renewing it, better take action on this thing. And that's just due to the Oklahoma driver's license not being in this national database. Well, those states that I just mentioned, the the M states, Montana, Minnesota, Missouri, uh, Maine, and a few others, Kentucky, Washington, they right now require something more than just a a, – they can require something more than just your driver's license to board – uh, or or deboard a plane. Well, that's interesting. That's definitely going to change things. Yeah, that's all going to break loose uh, wide open when Real ID finally comes to to fruition or gets extended again. That's that's what they've done, I believe, a couple of times already. Okay. On this thing. Yeah, great question there. Keep your questions coming to eight four zero one thousand. We're talking about passports and the IRS today. Stay tuned. We're going to take a short break. Hey, podcast, quick interruption here. Have you been up at 2 a.m. worrying about your IRS problem again lately? You know, IRS problems have a way of ruining all aspects of your life. They take a toll on you financially, physically, and emotionally. You can never really forget about them as they come back every morning when you wake up. It's time to call Travis Watkins Tax Resolution and Accounting Firm right now and start sleeping again tonight. Travis Watkins Tax will talk to the IRS for you and help you get the best deal available for your unique situation with the IRS with programs like the Fresh Start Initiative and the IRS's Offer and Compromise. Call me at 833-243-5455. And set up a free 30-minute consultation or log on to WatkinsPodcast.com. I've got a short letter on that no-frills page. It'll take you about 90 seconds to read. And if you like what I'm saying, you might want to consider becoming a client. And if not, no big deal. Just keep listening and subscribe to this podcast so you can keep hearing the free content that we offer on how you can fix your tax problem today. Now, if you call us in the next 30 minutes, we'll also send you our free confidential insider report, How to End IRS Problems Forever. That number again is 833-243-5455 or log on to WatkinsPodcast.com. Now, back to your podcast. The IRS is always starting something. And uh, let's talk about them starting a little something on celebrity tax news right now. Celebrity 
is starting something right here on your IRS weapon. Uh, they're starting something with Michael Jackson's estate this time. There is a uh, trial starting up with the IRS and the estate of Michael Jackson. And that's starting up this month. They're fighting over whether or not there should be some back taxes owed from the estate. And this comes right on the the heels of Michael Jackson's 18-year-old daughter, Paris, who is yapping to Rolling Stone about her uh, one billion, her and her brothers, one billion dollar now inheritance that's going to be coming from the, the estate. And the IRS has not uh, has not failed to notice <laughs> the difference between the one billion that they're talking about now and the I, I believe it's two thousand dollars that his estate's attorneys were valuing his estate at the time of <laughs> of his death. Um, there was some hubbub, of, of course, about that when it first came out, too. But, you know, here's, here's what's going on. The, uh, the IRS is going to prove at a trial that $702 million of that $1 billion uh, that they're saying now, inheritance, is owed in penalties and back taxes. The, the crux of the dispute, as I mentioned, is the value of Jackson's name and likeness, which is to say the the right to use his face on everything from coffee mugs to T-shirts to Las Vegas shows. Um, it's it's a complete industry at this point. And it's all it's all really owed to Jackson's celebrity hotshot lawyer, a gentleman named John Bronca. I hope I'm saying that right. He's a, an interesting and colorful Hollywood attorney that resurrected Jackson's image after uh, after death into a thriving industry. He renegotiated bad deals that MJ had set up as he was proceeding down the the downward spiral that that he had close to death um holograms musicals in vegas and a documentary um that that grossed a, a ton of money there as uh, after after Jackson's death it's it's really interesting this this bronco guy i mean if you if you get a chance take a take a look at the article in bloomberg on this estate because this guy is really something else. He he uh, he negotiated in the first instance all the rights to the Beatles library that that Michael Jackson boasted about and leveraged beyond belief towards towards the end there um, with with Sony and others. But it was it was an interesting story because he he uh, negotiated. There was a bidding war, I guess, for this musical library, and with some gentleman, I believe, in Britain, who actually won the highest bidder thing. And so they were all they all happened to be flying on the same flight to go, you know, introduce themselves and pick up the the, the rights to to the musical album or the the musical library. And he saw this the, the gentleman that was the highest bidder saw saw this high-speed lawyer on the plane and didn't say he didn't think anything about it until he found out later that they had come in under underneath him and 
the uh, guy who was selling all the, the rights to MJ's library had a daughter named Penny, and they were going to let her keep Penny Lane, the rights to Penny Lane, and he was going to do some cele- – Michael Jackson was going to do some celebrity events for this guy's favorite charity. So they just <laughs> undercut him, took the whole library, and, uh, and and the rest is history there. But there's going to be a trial, and we'll, we'll keep you up to, to date on this thing. It'll be very interesting because, um, you know, they're – Jackson's estate lawyers are all trying to make this look as absolutely pitiful as possible. They're arguing a point of law here that the valuation should happen as of the date of Jackson's death, which I think we can all agree was pretty lousy uh, based on all the the accusations and the criminal matters and the kids at, at Neverland Ranch and all those terrible things definitely had a a much smaller uh, value if you take it as of the date of death. But this guy has done – he's resurrected uh, Jackson's image into a massive industry. And so the IRS wants a, wants a piece of that. It'll be very interesting to see how this thing progresses. So we'll we'll keep you up to date here on your IRS weapon. Definitely. And it looks like California law kind of plays into this a little bit because yeah. California law – Part of the value of his estate is his name and likeness. Mm-hmm. So that definitely increases the value of the estate. And they need some money. Yeah, they do. We've learned that on uh, the Celebrity Tax News segment here on your IRS weapon that California, uh, they're, they're pretty tough on these things, too, because they're in severe uh, financial hurt. Which is interesting because their state tax is 13%. Yeah. So well, they should have plenty of money, especially with all the stars in Hollywood and all those companies making all of this money and your state tax is 13% you still can't get it together. That's, that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, that, we can do a whole show on, on the state of California. Um, all right, let's see here, Kyle. The IRS is requiring preparers to do something here this this tax season yeah tell us about that this tax season that is is a little different um to try to cut down on some of this identity theft that's happened over the years the irs is requiring preparers to verify people's identity in some way um you're not required to have your driver's license i've been asking for driver's license because it's really the best way. But if you don't have it available, like I, I had some people in my office yesterday that the, the wife had her driver's license, but the husband didn't. So I was able to use a utility bill to do it. There are several things. You can have your passport, your driver's license, a utility bill. Um, and just for the preparer to verify that that is that person in some way. Ah, so you're the front lines of the, the massive identity theft crisis at the irs and it it is a really big deal and i don't know if it's a bigger deal in oklahoma than it is other states but for tax year 2014 which would have happened in spring of 2015 personally my people that come to me were reject 23 percent of my clients were rejected because somebody had already filed a return in their name wow and these are people that came to me from other people but 23%, which is a really, that's troubling. Now, last spring it was not as bad, and this spring it hasn't been as bad to date, but two years ago it was really bad. So uh, yeah. last year there was just a couple, overall not even a percentage, um, not enough to even be a 5%, but it's gotten better 
I think that there are other things the IRS can do to prevent this, but at this point, that's what they're requiring us to do as preparers. Now, I'm not going to say that every preparer out there is doing it because you are able to file the return without doing it. You shouldn't, but you can. So, I mean, it's just one of those things that people who are willing to skate the rules are going to get away with stuff. Yeah. But this is just another safeguard that the IRS has put into place, and, of course, it's up to the preparers to administer it. Wow. Just like the Affordable Care Act. <laughs> if you have questions on identity theft and, and taxes, give us a call here, 840-1000. We're giving free tax and legal advice here on on identity theft and passport matters as they relate to the IRS. Yeah, identity theft is a huge thing. So if if lots of people are are having this issue as they go to do their returns around April 15th or if they do an extension and someone has already filed for you, that tells me that these scammers are pretty expeditious about starting the process early and it just tax season just opened what last monday right yes it just opened last monday on the 23rd the irs has continually delayed this debt this uh starting date to try to prevent some of this stuff from happening but these the people that would do that they do it immediately and they get that return in before you and so what does that tell us what 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 advice do you give folks get it done early yeah Get it done now. Get it done now. There's no reason to wait. And even if you don't want to file your return now, at least get with your preparer now. Mm-hmm. Get something started now. And a lot of people think, oh, I'm going to have to pay, so I'll just wait. Well, just because you file the return now doesn't mean you have to pay the tax. Mm-hmm. So you can file the return now and you can pay the tax on April 18th. That's fine. Sure. As long as you get it in. And that way you make sure that this is my tax return and somebody's not stealing my identity and filing something in my name. What's the process if you do suspect that you have someone has filed for you and taken a refund and Well, if that has happened, uh, whenever you go to e-file, it will be rejected. Mm-hmm. And it'll say that somebody else has filed a return in your name with your social security number, and at that point you'll have to paper file. And then the IRS is going to send you a letter, and you're going to have to verify that you are who you are. Right. And uh, I remember a couple of years ago, as you mentioned, a really bad year for, for identity theft in general with IRS returns, that they were requiring folks really to go get a – make a police report. Yeah. Even. Yeah, absolutely. And then what will happen is the IRS will give you a pen, and that's your pen. And kind of from now on, you have to use that pen to file yours because you've been taken advantage of in the past, which is really sad that you get taken advantage of. And now you have to do something different. But that's the world we live in now. And there have been lots over the last two years of, of calls from scammers, usually outside the U.S., calling in identifying themselves to people as to Americans as as someone from the IRS and the IRS was saying hey don't don't talk to these people that's not how the IRS does things the IRS doesn't make first contact via telephone just ignore those things don't send them any money don't do anything like that the IRS will send you a letter uh, if you owe them any money, so you can you can ignore those those people that are calling you, especially the ones with the thick accent um, to not take those calls from collection because we don't do things that way. Then, I was just reading here, 
the IRS just announced that they're going to start up a new collection program. They call it new. They've done this in the past, where they are using private collection firms now to come in, and those folks get those collection firms get their money by a percentage of what they can collect. And guess what? They're not subject to that same rule of having to send something in writing per se first off. Now they are subject to the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act, but uh, you know. Confusion abounds when it comes to identity and and scams at the IRS. Hey, that's the end of your IRS weapon. We will see you next week. Send lawyers, guns, and money.